came here to say that you don't really want it with us, yeah. We love, you know. We came here to say that you don't really want it with us, yeah. yeah. The sports show. You know what I realized before I made the mix? That I didn't take out the other mix to it. But I got y'all next year for sure. That's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. What was that, Pete? That's what it came on. On my side. <laughs> Yo, we Yo. should film next Sunday. Well, I can't. I can't. I'll, I can't. Like, I'll likely be on the road. I can't either. I'll be driving back from North Carolina on Sunday. What about Friday? Friday, if we can get it in the middle of the day. Yeah, I can do it. Possibility. Possibility. Okay, because Pete, because you're so busy. I'm in North Carolina with family this week. Okay, your family could wait two hours. Like, I was like... (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Earth Sports Show. Episode yeah, like I'm asking you to go to the studio. I mean, that's one thing. Like, and I understand, but you can't and, get on your phone. And we're going I back to the stu- we're going back to the studio next year too. At some point in time, <laughs> at some point in time, not all the time. We'll try. <laughs> episode 100, we gotta go back to the studio for sure. <laughs> Depends on where I'm at. Depends. Yes. But welcome back to another episode of the Your Sports Show, episode 87. I am your host, Big Baby, a.k.a. the soul of R&B. And at the bottom of the pyramid today, we have Mr. Pete Rosado, the voice of a generation. What's going on, sir? Huh, I am finally recovered from last week. Uh was extremely tired the following days, but uh, I am doing well. Uh, cannot wait for this uh, Christmas break to come, though Christmas seemed to has come at a blink in an eye. I, I, it felt like yesterday it was Halloween, and now it's Christmas. Yeah, this is true. And to our top right, we have the queen, the head of the Your Sports Show, Queen Tay. What's up, everybody? 25K Tay. What's going on? Here. Shout out to the Dirty Hills podcast. Good brother, both good people, good people. Hey, love them, love okay, them. Fonzarelli. Hey, 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 hey. Did you watch Happy Days? Oh, yes, yes, my show. I liked Happy Days, but like, like. I, I used to catch it like when I when I was younger, I used to catch it when it used to come on like late at night when yeah. I shouldn't have been up. So now I'm watching Happy Days and Cheers and stuff at that time of night. So nah, it was definitely cool. It was definitely cool. But how was everybody's weeks? How was everybody's weeks? I, no, that's a uh, yes convoluted question this week. <laughs> My week was dusty. 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 The, the hair wasn't fixed. Not your hair, but the week's hair wasn't fixed. None of that. It was so dusty. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm tired of COVID. This Omarion variant. <laughs> the best part of my week. Omarion variant. <laughs> the best part of my week. Uh, I took my daughter to see the Rockettes on Monday, and it's now shut down because of COVID. Yeah, I so, worked there for two years. 
What'd you do? You were a singer or something he like that? A, he was a rocker. No, two, for two Christmas seasons, I was a um, uh, concession supervisor. I was a supervisor for two seasons at Radio City. I am tired oh, of that show. He was kicking yeah. your, your feet up too? Nah, I was working. Yeah. I was putting, I, I remember I was one of the few new hires my first year there to ever get put on the on the mezzanine level, that first level when you walk into the building. Usually they don't let new hires go into uh, on the ground level. Uh, they keep them either downstairs in the basement level, or they put them up on the third floor. The first and uh, the first mez, second mez, and the ground floor are usually kept for the veterans. But I was one of the few that was allowed to be in there because I would I'd pull in good money. Look at you! Look at you! Okay, but getting back to the show, <laughs> the show is really good. I mean, the precision of the performers, just the meticulous detail that when it goes into the routine, like they're really dope. So, I mean, it was one of those touristy things that I never had the chance to do. Mm-hmm. So it was, it felt good to play tourist in my own city. That's dope. They That's still dope. have the, uh, they still have the scene of like the, the endless Santas. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I do want to give a lot of respect. The Rockettes, they train their butts off. And they work for, what is it, usually four shows a day. Three to four shows a day, depending on how deep into the season you go. Sometimes five shows a day on the really busy days. Three, four to five shows a day for, what, almost 70 days. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. That's a lot. But Mr. Rockette himself, how was your week? Not bad, not bad. It was a uh, quick week. We had a uh, you know quick week at the school. We had some uh, some sad news. Unfortunately, they canceled a, a planned a fun day with the students next week because of the Omarion variant. Um, you know, so think. we won't be able to <laughs> see the kids right before Christmas break. Um, touch. <laughs> that's what you don't want to do right now. Is that's right. That's exactly what you don't want to do. <laughs> But um, waiting for the waiting for the Bing Bong variant. What is this Bing Bong thing? I finally found it's out. It's Coney Island. It's. I finally found out what the Island Boy thing was. Mm-hmm. I'm an Island Boy or whatever that was. Now, now I'm seeing Bing Bong everywhere. So apparently, it's something called sidewalk talk or something like that. These mm-hmm. dudes from Brooklyn that they do this thing on YouTube called Sidewalk Talk. There was one that happened after the Knicks playoff loss to Trey Young when they were outside Madison Square Garden. Everybody was cursing out Trey Young. But That's where I got one of the pictures from, I think. One of the um, the covers of the episode where the guy with the Knicks episode, the guy was acting a damn fool. Um, And so we ended up, I guess it was an episode that happened in Coney Island. And these, these dudes out in the street asking stupid questions and people acting stupid. Um, and there's this whole thing. And some dude just like in his car comes out and says, F your life, bing bong. <laughs> That's a Brooklyn thing, though. You know, yeah. and then they got this guy interviewing this old, like what I assume is, you know, somebody doing something on the streets they shouldn't be doing. And he's like, yo, what you want to say to Joe Byron, right? And he literally says Joe Byron. Joe Byron. <laughs> he's like, what you want to say to Joe Byron right now? And the guy's like, what's up? Take me out to dinner. Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> man, 
That's what a bing bong is. Yeah, bing bong. Yeah, that, that hey, and and that guy, and crazy enough, that guy who who said that part, um, he was a homeless dude and everything like that. Now he has a uh, he, now he has an apartment because of the money he's made being the social social media superstar now. So, oh, he's you know. these dogs in your front yard. Just know I'm upstairs going hard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, enough, <laughs> enough, enough. But um. <laughs> Yeah, my week my week was pretty good. It's starting to uh, ratchet up um, because of people traveling, deciding, oh, it's Christmas, so let's let's go travel during this uh, this crazy pandemic again. <laughs> but um, we also moved into a different part of the building. If people don't know, Laguardia is going through construction and again. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, if we had a segment. Called, what was it? Good, the smoke. The smoke section. The smoke section. You want- I want to give the smoke uh, the the most valuable asshole award to this ticket agent at LaGuardia Airport. I'm not going to give their name and their government out, but I checked them for a flight. Right. I had no I had no choice but to turn around, and then they wouldn't. You know, a lot of people know that I recently came back from. You know. My cancer, I had cancer earlier this year. I have a lot of medications that I have to take and, and just different things like that. And I put my medication in my suitcase. So they were, at first, they were unwilling to give me my luggage back. They said that it was too late. Now, mind you, I checked in an hour before boarding. So you know I had to turn up. And an hour before boarding, right? Yeah, an hour before boarding. Okay. So say I was boarding at 530. I got there mm-hmm. by 415. Okay. So I don't get what the big issue was. I had to speak to about four supervisors, and then I finally lost my shit in the middle of LaGuardia. So sorry. Apologies to everybody who was there on Thursday evening and just saw me at my best <laughs> or worst, depending on. <laughs> <laughs> but long story short, that asshole was the reason why I almost, my medication almost got shipped to the place I was going to anyway, so. All right. Well, that was um, Queen Bob. Chase. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> that was Queen Chase <laughs> smoke section right there. But um, yeah, we're in a whole different side of the terminal now. Um, it looks a lot nicer, um, but can't wait to see how it's actually going to function. But It's terrible. All, yeah. all like, especially Terminal D. Yeah, um, the Delta terminal and and the both Delta terminals are getting like heavy construction, like heavy, like they got to almost knock everything over. But um, Pete, quick hits, you ready for us? Let's do it. I'm I'm just tallying up pick five. All right, I'm sure you fiending to do that, right? Also, when I get to pick five, I'm gonna need you to add plus five for everybody since we didn't do it last week. So everybody gets five. Five wins, or we just everybody, taking a week off? No, every, every, no I everybody. No, everybody. Take five. Just I, everybody gets five wins. It's the same right. thing as going zero. It's the same thing for all of us going zero. The, the records stay the same. Okay, so, okay, so that's, everybody uh, gets five wins. So, but um, let's get right into quick hits right about now. 
Welcome, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for Quick Hits for the week of December the 18th. And we start in Major League Baseball with a Major League hire by the New York Metropolitans as they have finally hired their new manager. The Mets announced earlier today that they have hired Buck Showalter as their new manager, taking over for Luis Royas, who was fired this past year after the team finished 77 and 85 after being in first place for 103 days and but missing the playoff the final three for the Mets uh managing position were Houston Astros bench coach Joe Espada and Tampa Bay Rays bench coach Matt Quatrero but Buck Showalter was chosen he's been a major league manager for four teams starting since 1992 to 2018 he's been the American League manager of the year three times as he won American League Manager of the Year for the Yankees, Rangers, and Orioles. He also managed the Arizona Diamondbacks and has a career record of 1,551 wins to 1,517 losses. He spent eight, well, he spent eight-plus seasons with Baltimore. A lot of his losses coming with Baltimore. Even though he spent eight years there, they only went to three playoffs, one division title, and made the AL 2014 ALCS where they were swept by the eventual World Series champions, the Kansas City Royals. Left the Orioles in 2018, since then been working as a MLB network analyst and on Yankee broadcasts with Yes. A lot of his losses coming during that time with the Baltimore Orioles. When he was with the Texas Rangers, had really great teams. Those were the A-Rod years. Did have some losses, but really great Texas Rangers teams during the regular season. Uh, took the Yankees to the playoffs in 1994. Many thought the Yankees could have won that World Series had it not been for the strike. Uh, and then the Arizona Diamondbacks, obviously, was the manager there when they won the World Series against the Yankees in 2001 and stopped the five-year streak of winning World Series titles. So hoping to bring something to the Mets uh, as their new manager there. No contract terms have been announced just yet. Another person coming back to a position they once held, the Utah Jazz have hired Danny Ainge to be there to oversee basketball operations in Utah after previously being the president of basketball operations and general manager for Boston. For so many years. I'm sure bro bro about this finesse the hell out of some teams for some trades again. That's what he do. I wish <laughs> I wish I wish he would come to New York and do that for the Knicks and finesse some assets and some people over there to Things New York. Things Dolan sour so many relationships that I don't think anybody can who wants to talk to the Knicks at all. Now, he will not be the general manager for the Jazz. He will be the CEO of Jazz Basketball and the Smith Entertainment Group and alternate governor. He is overseeing basketball operations, but he is working in lockstep with Jazz general manager Justin Zanuck, who does roam the team's day-to-day operations. And he will also be working with the ownership group that includes new owner Ryan Smith and former NBA star Dwayne Wade. And lastly, some sad news that was announced a little over a week ago. Uh, and, and the man has now, unfortunately, 
but for his family, fortunately, been laid to rest. Unfortunately, we lost a great man and a great wide receiver in Denver Broncos great Demarius Thomas. Died at the age of 33. Uh, was laid to laid to rest in Georgia, close to where he played college football and high school football as well. Uh, was found dead in his home in Roswell, Georgia. And uh, original indications was that his death might have resulted from medical issues. And uh, the day he was laid to rest, the report came out that he'd been suffering from seizures for a couple of months, uh, close to a year, and he may have died from a seizure at the young age of 33 years old. Demarius Thomas was drafted in 2010 to the Denver Broncos along with Tim Tebow. Uh, He played for the Broncos for nine seasons. Is their second leading receiver only behind Rod Smith and third in the franchising catches behind both Rod Smith and Shannon Sharp was there when they won Super Bowl 50 teamed up with Peyton Manning to finish with a career best 14 touchdowns and 1,619 receiving yards during the Manning's time with the Broncos all time. He played 10 seasons in the NFL. His final season was split between the New York Jets and Houston Texans amassing 724 catches, 9,763 yards and 63 total touchdowns. And he also caught Peyton Manning's 509th career touchdown pass, which at the time gave Peyton Manning the career record for touchdown passes at the time. From all of us here at the Year Sports Show and all of us in the sports world, we wish only strength and love to Demarius Thomas's family and may Demarius Thomas and his memory rest in peace. That is all for Quick Hits for the week of December the 18th. Most definitely, most definitely. Again, um, can't echo it or say it any better than Peter just did. Um, you know, it's funny. Like at the NFL, they have a lot of great players in in, in short stints. Like he's only played he only played ten years, but his number for ten years are better than most players who have played more than that. A couple of years more than that. Some twenty year players. So definitely rest in peace to him. Um, but on a lighter note, Pete, well, actually I shouldn't be action Pete. I should be action the queen of the show and the queen of pick five. How you feeling this week? How how you terrible. I feel like I lost my lead. So (laughs) after all of that, I don't even want to do this anymore. (laughs) After you've been in the lead for how many weeks? (laughs) Exactly. I never said I was a graceful loser. Like, <laughs> but you get on Matt about not being a graceful. Lo- yeah. No, I got on Matt because he said that Pete was the reason I won. Yeah. That's a difference. Yeah. All right. He so let's say, what's the standings? Go ahead. Like, come on. We'll get into pick five. Listen, Pete, Pete, come on. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. I don't want to hear no fancy introductions. I don't want to hear no fancy like monologues. Pete, just give me the numbers so we can just get this over with. Thank you. All right. Well, it's the numbers. <laughs> so in the last the week, that we, in the last week that we made, hello, 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 hello. The numbers, please. Yeah. Uh, Dre, you went two and three in our last week. Uh, uh, uh. 
the standings only. Thank you. No, nah, I want to hear where everybody went last well, week. You went two and three, so you wasn't that impressive either. That's fine. I don't mind not being impressive. I already know I belong. I know I'm at. The standings, please. Both myself and Tay went one and four. Are you get him off my <laughs> And Matt the, won last week. Yo, at, Matt went three and two. I thought you went. So you no, you we both we both went one and four. Yeah, Matt oh, went okay. three and two. Matt was the only one to win, have a winning record in our last pick five week. As we know, we took last week off, so we didn't pick that week. Everybody's gonna get the five from that week. But Matt went three and two in the last week we picked, meaning that in first place for the first time in the history of ever, <laughs> yo, is Matt at thirty nine and thirty one. Mm-hmm. In second place is Tay at 38 and 32, one game behind Matt. And tied for last is me and Dre. Here we go again, Pete. And 33. That Welcome is to the bottom, Pete. That is abysmal. We are all one game out of each other's place. But the fact that Matt, on the week that he's not with us on the show, is in first place. Matt's not here to celebrate because you know he'd be running around his house right now screaming at the top of his lungs, saying something about Aaron Rodgers and the MVP. That is true. That is true. I sent Matt a video on (laughs) Instagram this morning. He's probably not going to see it. It's probably going to piss him off. Do you guys notice that every time Aaron Rodgers is going to say something completely egregious, that he has this like look to the right, like it's subtle, it's very chilling, and it's almost like that of a serial killer. Like someone had asked him if he enjoyed being a Green Bay Packer, and he looked to the right and he said, "I love playing football." I'm like, this guy's a sociopath. I <laughs> know, imagine, but that don't mean nothing. That's my MVP. That's my MVP. <laughs> Yeah, no, but but that's what comes when you don't speak to your parents. You're acting like like exactly like a crazy man. I was trying to tell Matt that the other day when we was when it was me and him on the show. He don't he don't want to listen. That the reason why things are the way they are with Aaron Rodgers because he don't speak to his parents. But it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Honor thy mother and thy father, and y'all your days on earth will be long. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you become a sociopath and then act like a serial killer. <laughs> He does. He does. He has the mannerisms of a sociopath. I'm just being honest. He is like NFL's Ted Bundy right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the picks. First game, Raiders versus Browns. Oh, I wasn't ready for this. (laughs) I'm taking the Raiders. The Browns are decimated by COVID right now. Baker Mayfield went down, and then their backup quarterback, Case Keenum, goes down as well. Uh, into COVID protocols. I'm taking the Raiders in this game. Wait, wait, didn't they um is this one of the games that they um they did move the they did reschedule it, yes. When, when is it reschedule it? Is this right is it now. this week coming up or is it it, it still should be this week coming up? Right now. So the oh it's been flexed to Monday. 
Okay, fine. The Raiders Browns will be on Monday along with Vikings Bears, and then the Seahawks and Rams and the football team and the Eagles got flexed to Tuesday. They still haven't come up with a, a name for that team. No, they said they were going to come up with one just by this year before the year started, and I guess they got lazy. I'm like, you know what? Y'all are just going to be the football team. <laughs> I'm going with the Raiders as well. Raiders, for sure. The Browns started off the season looking really impressive, as usual. For the past few years, that, that's kind of been their MO. And then, like, they completely, completely – like, Baker Mayfield reminds me kind of of um, Kirk Cousins in that he has some remarkable plays within him, but overhyped and overrated. Absolutely. So, we all going with the Raiders. Um, I'm sure Matt will go with the Raiders, but I'm not going to pick for him. No, let him pick for himself. Yeah, let him pick for himself. Yeah, I got to let him know in enough time because he, he tried to bark on me the other week. And I wasn't having it. So, um, Titans versus Steelers. Um, I don't know. I really don't know about this game. I mean, the Steelers were looking pretty good, like, Last week, that was the yeah. best they looked all season. But yeah. the Titans have a penchant for, you know, spoiling streaks. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Titans I'm, are nine and four, oddly enough, and they're, they're a quiet nine and four. Right with their injuries and and stuff like that. Like with Derrick Henry, I think those four losses don't happen though. But um. I'm going to go with the Titans, still. They have a better receiving core, and and it's the Steelers. The Steelers are known to just let people down. So. Yeah, I mean, the Titans, Titans in their last five are three and two. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville, New Orleans, and the Rams, they lost to Houston and New England. Steelers in their last five are one, three, and, and one. One, three, and one. Lost to Minnesota, beat Baltimore, lost to Cincinnati and the Chargers, and tied with Detroit. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Titans. Hell, ties with Detroit. <laughs> Queen? And they're playing in Pittsburgh. So you think them towels going to give people uh, some extra powers? I don't know. You know what the these 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 AFC these AFC um, South games are always weird. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever it's the Bengals, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Titans, I always feel like it's a uh, a crazy throw up. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, with the North when you got those Northern teams: uh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. But you add in that Tennessee. That Tennessee, I mean, even though they're the AFC South, you know, those whenever those four teams, ten, five teams tend to play each other, it's like the Matrix, really. Like, it's hard to really pick because sometimes you'll get teams that are the definitive favorites in those games, and then they'll just get blown out. Mm-hmm. But uh, while Tay thinks, we'll go to the next matchup. Go with the Titans. So Titans around the table? Yes. Okay, cool. Falcons, Niners. Yeah. 
because the rest of the games that were on there were kind of like kind of throwaway games that we probably could have picked, and we all probably would have went like like at least four and one. So, <laughs> but um, tight uh, Falcons Niners. I'm gonna go with the 49ers. I'm not all the way completely sold on the 49ers, but they're playing Matt Ryan. So I'm gonna go with the 49ers. I I too will be going with the 49ers. That's not as hard as you think. Mm-hmm. The Falcons are not, I mean, they have never they haven't recovered since being up 28 to 3 mm-hmm. against the Patriots a few years ago. <laughs> I think I still when I think of that team, I still think of that. Yeah, that's the only thing I think of. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing I think of. So no. So this is tough. Everything in me is saying to pick the 49ers. They're four and one in their last five. They've beaten Cincinnati, Minnesota, Jacksonville, and the Rams. Um, they're playing at home. They have a they they, they are, have they have a winning record. You know, they're a better team. The uh, you know the Falcons are three are two and three in their last five. Got shut out by New England. Scored three points against Dallas. You know, uh, but then they go and they drop seventeen on Tampa Bay, and were looking like they were going to win all the way into the second half. Beat Jacksonville. Beat Carolina. Here's the funny thing about them: they are five and two on the road, and San Francisco mm. is two and four at home. And there's something about that away record that's really kind of making me think, okay, can the Falcons pull this off? Um, I'm going to play it safe, and I'm going to say the 49ers, but there's something, I, I don't know, there's something fishy about this game that's that's bothering me. All right. Okay, Miss Cleo, what is it? <laughs> I don't know, there's something about that Falcons away record. They're 5-2 and two away from Atlanta. And, and, you know, and San Francisco's two and four at home, you know, Atlanta has played better as of late in their last three games. Um, they, they beat Jacksonville. They were looking like they were going to beat Tampa Bay before Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. And then they beat Carolina in Carolina. Um, the Niners have a better record overall. Uh, they're four and one in their last five. They lost to Seattle on a last minute touchdown, beat Cincinnati in overtime, but then beat Minnesota, beat Jacksonville, beat the Rams. I'm gonna take the smart money and go with the Niners, but like I said, there's something fishy about this game. I don't know what it is. So then go with your gut. <laughs> Pick the Falcons. How dare you? <laughs> Pick Maddie Ice. <laughs> Do it. Do it, do it. All right. <laughs> Seahawks versus Rams. You know, I'm high on the Seahawks. I've always been high on the Seahawks, man. This one this game was for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Seattle has been playing out their minds quietly mm-hmm. the past couple of weeks. Um, but I'm still going with the Rams. I'm gonna go with the Rams. Odell seems renewed. And... Not because of no damn Odell. Huh? Not because of no damn Odell. I, I, I'm going with it because of Odell only because I still don't trust. I don't trust the secondary of 
of Seattle right now. Even though Stafford is good to throw a pick or two. Hey, you took the Niners, right? I'm just asking. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm taking the Rams as well. I mean, to, to what you're saying, I mean, Stafford's only thrown nine interceptions to 33 touchdowns this year. Um, but it, it bothers me that the Rams are nine and four. I feel like they should be better. Um, mm-hmm. The Seahawks need a lot of help. Um, you know, and, and Russell Wilson is a great player, but he, he can't do this on his own. Um, they lost against Washington, Arizona, and Green Bay. Got shut out against Green Bay. Um, then they beat San Francisco by a, a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and they beat Houston. But for a while, Houston looked like they were winning that game, and Houston should not look like they're winning any game. Yeah. Then again, the Rams beat Arizona and beat Jacksonville, but lose to Green Bay, San Francisco, and Tennessee three weeks in a row. Um, I'm going to take the Rams. They, 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 they should be better than what they are, and this is a game where they need to, they need to prove it. Yeah. Okay, so you everybody picked the Rams here too, right? All right. Packers, Ravens, I'm going with the Packers. Don't listen. <laughs> listen. Before you say anything, Pete, I understand what you're gonna say, but Lamar Jackson got hurt last week. <laughs> so it's so last week you can't criticize them for getting hurt. Yes again. <laughs> he got hurt. Bro, like, that's not fair. Hello, Bum. He is like I'm, he dies, he dies. Right. Exactly. So I, I'm he picking dies, the Packers. Guys. And what game is this? Packers Ravens. Oh. Take the Packers. You pick no games where we can kind of like debate over. I'm surprised he didn't pick uh Saints Buccaneers. I'm surprised he didn't pick um 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 uh, Giants, Cowboys. You should rather than pick Jets, Miami, either. That's going to be a terrible game on both sides. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you something. So... Let me tell you something. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that the Dallas Cowboys are exactly who I've been saying they are for the past like 15 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, all flash, no substance. Yeah. Another year. Ezekiel Elliott, how does he only have 185 carries? Because he's Ezekiel Elliott and he's overrated. Like, how many times am I going to say that? Like, They don't want him with the ball in his hands. No, because they don't trust him. Mm-hmm. And isn't Zeke coming off an injury year, too? I don't know. I, I don't pay attention. Yeah. I, like I said, the Bucks saints matchup. Um, as shaky as the Bucks have been playing, I believe they they they're gonna they were caught off guard the first week they played the first time they played the Saints. Um, but no, the, the Bucks got that one. I and think then, the Bucks got it. Yeah, but the um the 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 games between the New York teams, honestly. Dallas has been playing so so iffy, and I'm just unsure about the Giants. And I know no, we all would have picked damn Miami over the Jets anyway. So, <laughs> and the Jets could have. Let me tell you something. So the Jets could could upset 
um, the Dolphins. They could. It's I feel like they it's could. not upset. <laughs> not really. I mean, the Jets had a great and upset. Right now, we're 13, 14 weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. You know, we're about to hit week 15. And right now, the playoff picture is murky for a lot of teams. I mean, right now, it's in, in order one to six in the AFC, it's Kansas City, New England, Tennessee, Baltimore, uh, the Chargers. And then you have Indianapolis, Buffalo, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Denver. All tied at seven and six for that last spot in the playoffs. Um, Football and then sounds Pittsburgh, nasty right now. <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh still has an outside chance at six, six and one. And believe it or not, the Raiders in Miami still have an outside chance at six and seven. There are legitimately thirteen teams in the AFC um, that are in playoff contention right now. In the NFC, it's Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Arizona, Dallas. The Rams and San Francisco. San Francisco has a is seven and six and has a one game hold on that that final playoff spot. Washington, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and New Orleans are all six and seven and are one game away. So, you know, a couple of teams in the NFC that still have a shot as well, but you know, far and away, you know, the the NFC is a lot clearer than the AFC. But can I just say, mm-hmm. what happened to the Buffalo Bills? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was a team last season that we were raving about potentially being the one to dethrone the Chiefs um, as the AFC favorites. Right? We talked so much about them. They've always been, like, right at the brink, right at the brink, right at the brink. And this year, they have not looked quite as impressive. Not even fit. They don't even look as good as they've looked for the past couple of years. And they kind of fly under the radar because the Chiefs have been so up and down. But the Bills, too. The Bills have not been who everybody thought they were going to be this year. I really thought at the beginning of the season that the Bills were the team to beat in the AFC. And a lot of it has been just defensive playing a zone on Josh Allen, sitting back and letting him throw the ball and, you know, make, letting him make mistakes. Um, they've, they've looked good in spurts. Uh, they had an opening, opening week loss to the Steelers. And then they went on a four-game winning streak punctuated by defeating the Chiefs in week five, 38 to 20. Then they go and lose to the Titans by three points, beat the Dolphins, Lose to the Jaguars nine to six. And that was just an embarrassing game on so many levels. Come back, they blow out the Jets, then they get blown out by the Colts, beat the Saints, and then lose by four points to the Patriots and by less than a touchdown to the Buccaneers. You know, it's tough. They've got the Panthers, the Patriots, the Falcons, and the Jets left in the regular season. There's no reason why they shouldn't go four and zero. For the rest of the regular season, they're likely going to go three and one. I could see them possibly losing again to the Patriots, but they should go four and zero and end, you know, end eleven and six. But they should be much better than what they are. You're right, Tay. Yeah, it was. It's definitely a weird situation in NFL and. This is why Pick Five has been so weird this year. The teams that's been supposed to win, they haven't. 
and the teams that's not supposed to win, they, they pull out random ass victories. Also, Shaq said something about uh Ben Rock, uh, not Ben Rock, Ben Rogers, um, Aaron Rodgers. Um, he said this Rodgers thing is so off the rails, it has me questioning why he would leave, especially when there's a good three or four wins in that NFC North division. I agree. Yeah. But let's get into today's topics, and we are going to start with um, the Wicked Witch of Jacksonville being fired for sure. Let's get into it. Um, Urban Meyer is fired, y'all. <laughs> Don't, not going to make it pretty. He's fired. It's about time. He has made so many questionable decisions from the beginning of his tenure with the team. Um, he's just—he just wasn't good. He wasn't good for the NFL. Um, and now, how do Jacksonville like recover from this? Jacksonville has been bad for a very long time, and they're continuing to be bad. So I don't think it's going to be too much recovering, but. How do you think they they move on and, and, and attempt to get better, Tay? Well, they have to kind of look at their internal structure and look at the fact that whatever formula they're trying to employ to attract players, to attract a decent coaching staff, to attract chemistry, to make the team work, uh, there's something at the core that's not working. And I think it goes deeper than a head coach. It goes deeper than your lines, your your defense, your offense. And I think there's something in the corporate structure that's really off, off balanced. And there's no excuse for why this team has been so bad for so long. I mean, Tom Coughlin tried, and he had a, a really impressive pedigree with the New York Giants and wasn't able to do jack shit with the Jacksonville Jag- Jaguars at all. And uh, we look at the yeah, nothing. I'm just talking about this this last um, hurrah with them a few years ago. Um, and then Urban Meyer, I felt that Urban Meyer was not a fit from day one for some reason. I felt that his coaching style, his the way that he ran his team, was completely he was completely out of his league. And I don't, and I still don't blame Urban Meyer. I blame the Jaguars. I think they should have known better. And um, I'm not even talking about the incident with him dancing with a woman. Like, I think that's so petty and immature. I'm just talking about how he's been reported to talk to grown-ass men in the NFL. Like, you can't talk to them like you would talk to a college kid. You shouldn't be talking to anybody the way he talks to, uh, reportedly talks to his staff. So I feel like with the Jacksonville Jaguars, they need to, like, start completely over. They need to kind of uproot anyone from their coaching staff, there's something inherently wrong with the culture of that team, with the way that they're that they've played over the past few years, and even the the pedigree and coaches. Pete, um, how would you how would you fix the Jaguars? Um, fire everyone. Yeah, you need an organizational revamp. This is a team that's had seven winning seasons, if I counted correctly. One, two, three, four five, six, yep, seven winning seasons 
in 27 years of existence. And the majority of those winning seasons came between years two and year five of existence. They Jacksonville Jaguars were an expansion team in 1995, started four and 12. Mm -hmm. Tom Coughlin was the coach of this expansion team. Then in 1996, they went nine and seven and lost in the conference championship game. Um, then they went 11 and five in 1997, finished second in their division, lost in the wild card round. Then went 11 and five in 98, finished first in their division, lost in the divisional game. And then in 1999, they went 14 and two, once again, finished in first place, lost in the conference, lost in the conference finals, um, to, to the, you know, for that year. Then we started a decline, seven and nine, six and 10, six and 10, five and 11. 2004, 2005 started looking good. And I apologize. I should have given them at least two more, three more seasons. They had two 500 years and another winning season. 500, 500, I don't know where we think 500 is a successful season. By no stretch of the word. You're winning as much as you're losing. So that's me it that's mediocre at best. Now, Tom Coughley gets fired in 2002. Okay, after four straight losing seasons. Jack Del Rio gets hired. Right? Immediately turns the team around, goes 9 and 7, 12 and 4, goes to the wild card and loses there. 8 and 8, 11 and 5, lost in the divisional round and then went 5-11 Seven and nine, eight and eight, five and eleven. So Del Rio comes in. They get four good years, and then they have four bad years. Then they fire him, bring in Mike Malarkey. He lasts one year. Then they bring in Bradley. He goes four years. Terrible there, right? Then they brought in Doug Marone, who in his first year. The team goes 10 and 6, finishes first, loses in the conference finals. And then it's been downhill again from there. The problem is, first of all, when you brought in Coughlin back in the, in the mid-90s, the NFL was different. Coughlin and Del Rio, I think, were successful because of what the NFL was. It was militaristic. The coach is the leader. The coach is the boss. This is what happens. You don't like it. You don't play for the team. There was no, you had superstars, but no one was bigger than the team. Even the superstars understood that there was a team dynamic, especially in the early 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. Because we were really talking about what? A running back or, or a quarterback. The diva wide receivers weren't really well received on a lot of teams. Okay. But they were successful. But once we started getting into the mid-2000s to the late 2000s in the last decade, where the format of the NFL has changed, where now the younger players have a lot more say, the younger players get on the field faster, they are the team, and the coach is the coach, but not necessarily the boss, that's been the issue. And they've also hired coaches that are very militaristic. And you've also hired coaches that come from college, Doug Marone came from college. Um, he came from Syracuse. He taught he coached at my alma mater. 
uh, then went to Rutgers and was once again successful at Rutgers for a number of years. Urban Meyer was successful in college, but a lot of people talked about, will his transition to the NFL be the same? Because college coaches are power hungry. They are the God on campus. Okay. At, at top college programs, the coach is everything. The coach controls your scholarships. The coach controls whether you play or not. The coach controls whether you make the team or not. And you're talking about kids that are 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. They have to do what the coach says. It's only in the last two or three years that that's changed. So, you know, a guy <clears> like that's <throat> not going to work in the NFL mm-hmm. because you got a bunch of guys who is just like, as, as Tay said, I'm a grown man. Mm-hmm. I'm making millions of dollars. I am my own boss. I listen to you when it comes to on the field stuff, but you got to talk to me like a man. You can't talk down to your players. You can't treat them like you control them because an NFL coach does not have control over the lives of their players like college coaches do. So basically because of the power struggle, Urban Meyer wouldn't have been successful anyway. So in order to have the tools to be be successful, Mm -hmm. the tools weren't there. It's like you could try to build a house, but if you don't have the tools, you know, you really can't get started. So partly it's on him, but partly Mm -hmm. it's on that organization too. I I say it's 70-30 with the Jacksonville Jaguars carrying the brunt of why this didn't go the way it was supposed to. Urban Meyer, his coaching tactics, you know, they've always come under question. As you know, before the start of the season, there was a lot of controversy based on some of the things he's said in the past, some of the things he's done in the past. Mm -hmm. So they went into this with their eyes wide open, knowing what they were getting. It's not like he pulled the bait and switch. Right. Right. I I, I just think you fix them. Coaches are in the NFL. They're Mm -hmm. coaches that are collaborative. They collaborate with their players. They collaborate with the staff. They're not Not necessarily true, though, because you hear about a lot of these beefs with like Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, you you hear about different strains within the organization, but Urban, it was too soon to be beefing. Yeah, but I mean, with with LaFleur and Rodgers, that's its own little thing. But look at a lot of the older coaches outside of what? Belichick? are not really successful that much anymore. And a lot of people were coming out about Belichick the minute Brady left. The minute that whole Brady-Belichick dynamic was destroyed, you know, really it's like, all right, everything started coming out about Belichick. Bruce Arians is an older coach, but Bruce Arians is known as a player's coach. Sean Payton's an older coach, but he's known as a player's coach. A lot of the older coaches that come from that older mindset of, I'm the boss, I rule with iron fist, you do what I say, are not very successful. Look, Mike Tomlin's maybe the one exception, but it's because but Mike Com- Tomlin has the respect of He's his players. Coach. He Tomlin has, is a player's coach. He has coach. the respect of his players. Yeah, because he ruled by fear. Yeah. Tomlin is a player's coach. But I think he I think the, the sad part about it is because he's a black man with a straight, angry face. You think he's angry all the time. And he right. can be the nicest, he can be the nicest, most humblest, funniest guy, but because his face is so serious, you know, you would think that he's just this 
Ryan is this type of coach. He doesn't even have to be that way. I've, a lot I've of heard he's not. I've heard he's him. not like that. I've, I've heard that he is very sweet individual. Play, I, I, I hear that he's a players coach. Yeah, yeah. and a, a lot of these older coaches that have that iron fist mindset, they're gone. And I, mm. I kind of, I'm kind of glad that even though his name comes up a lot for interviews, and I love him personally as a coach, I'm kind of glad Bill Cower doesn't come back because Bill Cower's from that old school mindset, and I don't know if. Bill Cower in today's NFL would work. And again, I'm a huge fan of Bill Cower. Bill Cower That's would why be. Coughlin didn't work in his second run in Jacksonville because Coughlin came in with that old school militaristic attitude. Mm-mm. And he tried to run the organization that way and they turned on him quick. Yeah, but I, I think that they were expecting him to turn nothing into something. And I think that's where. They didn't. They weren't in a position to make any impressive moves. They didn't really make any impressive moves. But I think, like we said, I don't think it's the the coaching styles that are coming under question here. I really feel like there's a deeper cultural issue with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I feel like every until they fix what's at the root of their problems, it's going to be this. It's going to be same script, different guys. Where's Mark Brunel? When Mark Brunel was there, they were good. You know how long ago that was? But not good 1994. Mm-hmm. But not good enough. You gonna say <laughs> not good enough? No, they were. They, they were. They were. They were making the playoffs every year. They were winning. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, getting to the playoffs to me is not is not impressive. Not in the NFL. <laughs> Where's Jimmy Smith, Fred Taylor, Maurice Jones, Drew? You know, Mark Brunell. Like those are the Jaguars you remember. And I think a lot of it. Again, I think when you talk about that culture, I think there's. Something to be said about maybe reaching back to those old Jaguars that helped create the foundation of this team and say, how do but we they won anything? Oh, no, they, they never won anything, but they were no, successful. I'm bringing, I'm bringing back all these losers to coach more losers. Like, that doesn't make any sense. A lot, hold on. <laughs> y'all trying, to be, lot y'all trying to be mediocre? Come on, y'all. No, Let me tell y'all no, what's but, up. Like, but hold up. <laughs> Let's talk about all three sports. Yeah. Basketball, football, baseball. A lot of the most successful coaches are not winners in their own playing days. They're not. Mm-mm, Very but, rarely do you see successful players, but highly I see, successful players, be good coaches. That's the that's the reason why you never see people like John Starks and Allen Houston and Larry Johnson from the Knicks. You never see them in coaching positions because even though they were stalwarts and cornerstones for the team. The team did nothing. When you look at the record books, you still remember in 1994, the Houston Rockets won the NBA Finals. And in 1999, so did the San Antonio Spurs. You don't remember. You don't think of LJ. Unless you're a Knicks fan, you don't think of the four-point play. You don't think of things like that. So bringing all these mediocre – I won't say mediocre talent because that's not fair. But bringing all these guys who – may have had a winning season. That's like giving a participation trophy to everybody. Oh, Pete, you showed up to the podcast on time today. Here's a trophy. Would Shaq make a great coach? Huh? Do you think Shaq would translate to being a great coach? No. I think that's a personality. I think it's also a personality. I think the reality of it is when you look at all Neither will Barkley. It's usually those middling 
Usually when you look at the rosters of coaches in the NBA, Major League Baseball, and even in, in, in the NFL, when you look at a lot of the coordinators, look at a lot of the head coaches, a lot of them were players who had either middling careers or a flash-in-the-pan careers, and they, they are, they're better suited for teaching and coaching than they were for players. It's very rare that you uh, see really good players or star players transition successfully to coaching. You don't, it's you not don't impossible. Really see people who play. You don't really see people who were players in the NFL translate to coaches at all. You see a lot of guys who were coaches translate into coaches. Like you'll see a well, lot of guys, players, a lot of quarterback coaches are former players. I'm talking and, about head coach. We not we don't care about quarter. I don't care about quarterback coaches. I don't care about offensive line coaches. I'm talking about the head coach, the guy who runs the team. Garrett yeah. played, I think. I think Jason Garrett played. Uh, Madden played. And what did the, and what, okay, Jason Garrett played. And what did the Dallas Cowboys do? Nothing under his tutelage. Nothing. Nothing. Okay, and then when you look at that, when you look at the NBA. And you look at the people who are team, who are coaches. When you look at Steve Nash, he was a multi-time MVP and a floor general. You know what I'm saying? When you look at Jason Kidd, these are notables. Look at what Jason Kidd did throughout his career. Doc Rivers, you people may not know a lot about his playing career, but I remember he's had to, he had some really amazing years with the Knicks. Amazing, amazing years. And was known and had that reputation for be, for being a coach player during his tenure. I think Kobe would have been a good rest in peace. Would have been a good NBA head coach because of the basketball mindset. You get what I'm saying? But with the NFL, what I feel is the issue: you have these teams who they live and die by their head coach, and they live and die by by the the quality of talent that they have on their roster. The Jacksonville Jaguars have had no one of note to me over the past few years to kind of make a deeper run than what they've already been doing. Yes, they could have done better, but the best they are, the best they could have done was a 500, which to me is mediocre. I mean, they, they had some really good winning seasons. They did make a couple of uh, championship well, games. I know you went through their whole entire history, Peter. You know, it was like you. It was like having a real life Wikipedia. You sat, you read, you read all that shit. <laughs> and you know what uh, I Do you know what I learned and all that? They're a middling team. They need to go to the CFL. <laughs> um, so, to your earlier point, uh, just just to just to back that up. Um, and we're gonna say, wrap it up after this. Yeah, the most uh, the only. I mean, there's only been seventeen, I believe, seventeen um, successful players. Uh, that have transitioned from NFL players to NFL coaches. And, and many of them, probably the most successful ones, are Dick LeBeau, who didn't do much as the head coach of the, the Bengals, but became probably the greatest defensive coordinator of all time uh, for the Steelers. And obviously more recently, Mike Singletary, who coached the Niners and the Bears, Art Shell, and Mike Ditka as probably the most successful players to transition to head coaches in the NFL. You had a couple others. Mike but many of them are not successful. Sometimes coordinators don't even translate to successful coaches. Everybody credited yeah. Matt Patricia with all of the Patriots' success. And then he went to the Detroit Lions and then I forgot that he was doing <laughs> you, you would think back in the days when the Patriots were winning everything, you know, unless they were facing my Giants, you, you would see <laughs> Patricia on the court, on the field, 
almost as much as you saw Belichick because of how they were jocking this guy so bad. Like you thought that when he when he went off to Brand Talk and be his own coach, mm-hmm. you really thought that he was gonna do something with the Lions. And he mm-hmm. did nothing. Yeah, he didn't do he didn't do I mean the only three coaches that have been really successful after coming out of Belichick have been Charlie Weiss. Um, I'm forgetting uh, Romeo Cornell and mm-hmm. now Mike Vrabel, who's coaching the Tennessee Titans, has been kind of successful. And Vrabel, obviously, we know him as a, as a great player for the Patriots. All right. Well, we'll see what the Jacksonville Jaguars got to do. They, I don't think bringing in somebody would would help, but but I don't know what they can do. They need but, a hard reset. Super hard reset, like 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 refresh, erase all the data. But um, volume up and power. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Factory data reset. <laughs> Send it back. <laughs> but um, so we've talked about this um this last issue for a while, and um, sports and COVID don't seem to go together at all still, and um, it's just uh. It's a lot. You can drop it. You can drop it. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. I don't care. I'll make it done. It's all good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting got packages from Amazon. Got some stuff. But um, COVID and the NFL and the, and the NBA now. But um, the NFL just had to postpone about how many games? Three games. Three games. Three games this week due to COVID. The NBA has over 20 players who are who are in um, COVID protocol. With the NFL, I'm going to start with the NFL. Uh, the NFL what has needs, always had a COVID issue, right? And it's back. It, it's, it's back more They've than it was before. Had a COVID issue since last season. The, to be honest with you, last season was worse than this season. Yeah. The NFL. Yeah, for sure. But now this, I guess this month with the new variant out, a lot of people are, are catching it. Do do we? Well, Mario's messing with everybody. <laughs> Mario's just touching too many people souls right now. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, do, um, what does the NFL have to do more more of? Because Baker Mayfield, and you know, we got to take what Baker Mayfield saying with a grain of salt. Um. He's basically saying the NFL isn't being as proactive as we think they are in terms of test in terms of testing. They were from testing three um all the teams to just testing three teams in a week. And di- they originally didn't want to uh, postpone these games due to money. So Pete, what do you think has to be done more in the in the NFL? It's it's hard to say, right? Because you know, you want you want to say that the easy answer is vaccinations and it's not an easy answer because obviously we have breakthrough cases, um, you know, getting, getting vaccinated, getting your booster shots and, and doing all these things that are necessary health wise help. They make it less likely, but they don't make it impossible, right? Just like getting a flu shot doesn't make it impossible uh, to get the flu, but it's still going to protect you more than not getting the flu shot. So yeah, I think the first step is really, you know, it's vaccination, but then that becomes a personal choice with players. You can't mandate that. Um, but I, I think, I what's think you should. They, they you, you should, I but they can't should. because of collective bargaining and, it's and the union. Fair. And, and it's not fair because everyday, everyday humans have to go to work. 
and they can't provide for their families unless they're vaccinated. There were many people who were forced into vaccinations because without that, they wouldn't be able to have everyday average jobs. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like it's really, really, really reckless and careless. Do we remember at one time we were losing 800 people a day to this virus? You get what I'm saying? And now because millionaires don't want to you know, take a, a shot to the arm, even though before we even leave a hospital when we're first born, we, we take a series of shots. You had to take shots to go to school. Unless your parents was, was, was switching with the okie doke. Like uh, Antonio Brown. <laughs> well, I love the, AD. The, par- the parents filled out the vaccination passport for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be all right. <laughs> well, we got yeah, this. <laughs> like, uh, I think you one twenty one ninety seven. <laughs> the, the booster one twenty two ninety eight. <laughs> you know, and, and listen, Tay, Tay makes a great point. Tay makes a perfect point, right? It's it's sad that you have regular everyday people who are you know have to do it. You know, and are mandated to do it. Which again, you know, keeping them safe. Uh, but you got millionaires who get to sit back and say, oh, I don't want to, and then still get to keep their jobs. And that was getting, that's actually leads directly to the point I was going to make. You got to start finding these people. You got to start making them miss games. You got to come down hard on the players and you got to come down and say, you know what? If you don't get vaccinated and you get COVID and you get COVID because you're out there being stupid and doing things that you still want to do, which you shouldn't be doing because you're unvaccinated. If you cause your team to miss games, you lose a game check. You lose this. You need to be suspended for X amount of games because of it, right? Um, because I, if I'm, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, if you catch COVID as an unvaccinated player in the NBA, or the NFL, you're sitting out for a couple of days. You're sitting out for a couple of games, however long you sit out for. But I believe you still get paid. That to me is the problem. Okay. If you're going to be missing 10 days and you're in the NBA and you miss four games, you don't get four game checks. I'm sorry. Goodbye. If you, if you're in the NFL and you have to miss two weeks because of COVID, you don't get two game checks. And I'm not talking about vaccinated players who have a breakthrough case. I'm not talking about people who are doing what they need to do and doing what they're supposed to be doing and catch it. For some unfortunate reason. Oh, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Right. (laughs) I'm sorry. If you are an unvaccinated player and I see you on TMZ up in the club doing doing things you're not supposed to be doing, unmasked and all this other stuff, and then you walk into the facility, boo-hoo-hoo, I got COVID, boo-hoo-hoo, we taking some of that money. Simple. Money don't you shouldn't play. That's how I feel. And I'm going to keep the same energy when it comes to talking about Kyrie entering COVID protocol today for NFL, NBA. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think they can't let that money send the business. They max money. My money to make my money is what they're saying. Yeah, but if you don't want to get vaccinated, you shouldn't play. Bye. Bye. Right, go play in the CFL or CBA or can't do that because Canada won't let you play. They won't even let you. Let me tell you something. 
They won't even let you play at Rucker Park without being vaccinated, but you can play in the uh in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You see how crazy that is? You can't play high school sports if you're not vaccinated. But you can play this. You listen, you can get a billion dollar contract from the league and play, but if you're playing for free, nah. It's a rich privilege, and I don't think that's fair. That's what's killing us, man. It's a rich privilege. And I, and I know there's some people who do have religious exemption. There's some people who do have concerns. You think I wasn't concerned when I went to get vaccinated? Uh, of course I was. I was a, amongst the first core group of people who were getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if I would have lost the arm and been mutated into the walking dead, I mean, that's the risk that I'm, I was going to take. <laughs> I would try that to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we see all these movies about apocalypses and all this stuff and all these, you know, everybody done seen all these zombie movies and virus movies and I am legend and all of that. And we, and, and you know, what's always funny in these movies is America is always the, the, one of the first places to go. And everybody would not, but hold on. But you see why. And this is why. <laughs> you see why. Every day. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm stocking up because I'm like, yo, if the walking dead happens, they're not coming to Brownsville because, <laughs> like, it is too much to me. Like, you know, I saw I me. Hear, I don't want to hear anything about these millionaires and, and stuff not wanting to get vaccinated. Like, you know what? You could take your money and sit home. What was I saw a meme? I think it was earlier this week that was just like, remember, remember back during the beginning of COVID where everybody was saying, "Oh my God, they should come out with a vaccine to fix this." Now we got a vaccine, and don't nobody want to take it. Mm-hmm. It's like condoms. Yeah. Yeah. It's like y'all be knowing, y'all be knowing that in order to you know protect yourself from stuff, you want you want to wear a con, you should wear a condom. Mm-hmm. But. But guess what? If your child doesn't have a meningitis vaccine, right? Child can't go to school. All of us who are old enough got pulled no, out of get a please. polio vaccine. <laughs> Unless you're Antonio Brown, apparently. Fill it out. All of us oh, who are old enough. Let me see you quick. You know, I, my, I, I think, I, think I, I was old enough to get it. I think I was in the last subset of people that got it. You know, when they pulled you out of class and scratched you with a copper penny so that you got a polio vaccine. I remember that. I had one of those, too. Yeah, you know, you had and to get a polio vaccine. Po- we missed the chicken pox. I missed the chicken pox vaccine. I had to get that shit. The chicken right. pox. You know, you have, yeah, I, you know, you have, your child I, has I, to get vaccinated, that, that you know, in the beginning, you know, you know, it, it's, you know, Tay brings up the, the OG important point. Like, there are so many things in this world that we have to already be vaccinated for. But now you want to sit here and be like, oh, my God. this bad. Listen, show me your, PhD, your double PhD in microbiology and virus immunology, and then I'll listen to what you have to say. Or, you know, they can listen to Aaron Rodgers. Or or Joe Rogan. You know, God rest his soul, Dr. Sebi. Yeah, take this uh, mixture of plants and... You know, or, or, or this, ginseng, this ginseng root, and or you and, can and listen to, hair. or you can have Antonio Brown fill out your doctor's note and be all right, one or the other. It's just, it's just unfortunate. <laughs> and the thing is, I know we went off on the tangent talking about vaccines and stuff yeah. like that, but you know, the bigger picture is COVID is here, it's been here. 
we, we have we this is our new normal we're mm-hmm. never going back to how it was beforehand so it's just like do we want to move forward as a society or do we want to continue to play games you know we can't play games of human nature human nature wins every time every time <laughs> every time it's not one point in time it's like humans like yeah we got them and i know this yeah. is something completely off the wall and i just thought about this and i'm sorry and uh-huh. i will shut up about this Everybody is like, okay, we got to stop using plastics now and, and stuff. They, they they give us paper clothes, right? But they're making whole coats out of plastic. So is it not good to have, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm confused, too. About, Yo, I, mean, I, I, I am confused, too, about that. That's actually a good, good topic. That's a good topic. All right, so I can't drink with a plastic straw because of the environment. But you go make a whole coat and 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 uh, what's the name? Telfair? What's that? That bag? Sebastian Telfair. Oh uh, no, the Telfair or uh, whatever. Yeah, Wayfair, whatever. Telfair. Yeah, Telfair. Yeah, Telfair. Like that's all made of like recycled plastic. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Man, I can't get drunk at BBQs because I got to drink Yo, the give me a straws. bag. Give me a <laughs> bag made on, out of whatever. Man. Give me a bag out of whatever material, whatever material Yeezy makes his Swiss cheese shoes out of. Plastic. Yeah. Swiss <laughs> cheese plastic shoes out here looking plastic. like a stegosaurus on your foot. Mm. I think um we said we we're gonna talk about the um the NBA, what the NBA needs to do, but I think it's similar to what the NFL needs to do too, and that is one to make sure the players are vaccinated. Again, this is not a for people to be like, oh, this vaccination thing. This is not one of those things where we're like, oh, if you're not vaccinated, you're a bad person. Nobody is saying that. Never. No. Yeah, we're, nobody is saying that. This is not that type of podcast. We're not those type of people. Of course not. No, that's not. You know, one thing about me, like, everybody gets so, like, hell-bent, oh, conservative, liberal, also, like, no. Like, I, some of the best people I know are conservatives and some of the worst people I know are liberals. You know what I'm saying? So let me just start right there. But I feel like yes, we are all entitled to some type, some sort of free choice. And it's not my place to tell somebody what to do with their bodies. But my thing is, if you're getting paid, if if my only thing is to get a shot in my arm twice, mm-hmm. to guarantee my money and to protect my not only just myself, but my 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 family. Well, you know, if I put my family in a better position to to not die from this terrible virus, I'm going to take that chance. And I feel like the people who don't take that chance are selfish. I think the best way to say it too, Tay, is look, everybody. I, I think you make a great you make a great point, right? Everybody, everybody has the right to make their own choices, but just like everything in life, every choice you make has a consequence. Mm-hmm. Very simple, right? You choose to do what you want to do. You are free to make your own choices. But understand that freedom to make such choices also allows for a variety of different consequences to arise from those choices. Very simple. And this is this is just what it is. Also, the people who are vaccinated, they aren't off the hook either. You, everybody still need to do what they got to do. Do what they're supposed to do. Social distance, wear your mask. And I am an avid, it's like I am an avid person who who hates wearing these masks, who avoids wearing them as much as I can. But like, it's 
I know. I mean, let's just try to do the best we can. I know. We, we let's let's get back to sports, please, because I'm starting to fall asleep. Nah, this is the end. This is the end of the show. <laughs> Wait, before we go, because I didn't get the, I didn't get everybody's stuff down. Dre, are you taking Green Bay? Yes. Tay, are you taking Green Bay? <laughs> Over the ring. Okay. And uh, Tay, I didn't get your pick for the Rams game. So you wasn't paying attention to a goddamn thing I was saying. Man. <laughs> I was, but you didn't give us a pick. Remember, he said, while you think. No, I said Rams. She did say Rams after that. I didn't hear that. I was paying attention. But uh, I didn't yeah, you wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> he admitted I was paying attention, but. I didn't hear you, but I was saying. See, I've gotcha. been real nice. Y'all want me to start getting real disrespectful? Now we good. We good. Matt ain't here. Nah, we, we are A-OK. Save that, save that for Matt. Who got nothing to do with that? But, um, again, yeah, shouts to the Jobberteers Network. Guys, um, just, no. But we'll see. This may be the last episode of the year. May may not. We'll I, I think that'll, that'll be terrible. If it was a, no, we, we should no, have one more. We should have one more. I think we're going to have one more. Star Wars Holiday Special. We have a year sports show holiday special. That'd be funny. That that would be funny if we were to talk about anything but sports on that. On that. <laughs> yeah, because I have some questions that I, I really want to. There's some things I want to talk about. Okay, so that will be that will be the last episode of the year. We will be basically shooting the shit on that episode. The year sports show holiday special. That's true. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I like it. I like guests on. That's fine. Yeah, we gotta find some special guests for sure. <laughs> we gotta find some special guests. We haven't had Wilkins on in a while. We haven't. We haven't. I know he's been busy. I know I also haven't asked in a while. So <laughs> I hate when people say, "Oh, he's been busy," and I haven't been busy. Like you haven't been busy. No, no I said I know he's been busy, but I also haven't. We asked. all busy, like. Yes, we all busy. We all got lives. We all we we all get into it. I'm the busiest person on this show. We know. we know. We know. <laughs> no, we know. We know. <laughs> but uh, definitely tune in next week. Definitely not. <laughs> that I feel that episode's gonna be hilarious. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but for BK Matt, Alexa, play "Touch" by Marion. Oh no! I'll Here's- put that at the end. I'll put that at the end of the episode. Too late. You can play it now. I already played the other stuff. <laughs> Marion has arrived. Four, the voice of the generation. It is your boy. Oh, I'm sorry. For our DJ. Alexa. <laughs> Queen. Tay. Play, keep playing it. Keep playing it. Play it out. <laughs> Go it see Spider-Man, boy. everybody. Go see Spider-Man. It's dope. It is your boy, Big Baby. Signing off. Peace.